The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. And welcome again to another adventure here on Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. Been doing quite a long series on the hero's journey. Today, one more time, and next week, the final one, as far, far as I know. Sometimes I change my mind, but anyway. So today I want to talk with you about just where did the hero go when the hero, he or she, decided that the ordinary was just not good enough anymore, that they had to depart. They had to go to somewhere to awaken and then to return. Where did the hero go? Have you asked yourself that question? Well, I'm going to try to answer that for you today because it's not a geographical place where the hero goes to. When he or she departs, they go somewhere else. And where would that be? If it's not geographical here on this planet, where would that journey take them? Well, it would take us to the journey to deep within ourselves. Deep within ourselves where, as I've told you many, many times, the divine itself is. You and I are the divine in human form. There's no angry God. All of our atheist friends are right. That angry God, that negative, uh, sin-focused God, never has existed, never will exist. It's always simply in the minds of the those who like to scare people with dogma. So, in a couple of weeks or somewhere down the line, I'm going to be talking to all our, our atheist friends. I have one that I want to talk, I think I'm going to call it the fish and the atheist. I appreciate my atheist friends, but I want to challenge you to not just get stuck in believing in nothing, just like the, the religious people are stuck in believing in something. Anyway, so where did the hero go? In the scriptures, that, that there's a story. A story called the prodigal son. Now, Yeshua, when he taught this story, it was not a true one. It was a myth. It was a story to reveal a truth. There's no, there was no such person as the prodigal son. It was a story, a myth, and I've talked to you many, many times about the power of myth and the stories. It could be simply once upon a time there was a son a son who was tired of living at home in the world of the ordinary. The prodigal son is not a literal story. So prodigal, what does prodigal mean? Oh, I remember hearing that for so many years as a kid and all that. The prodigal son was this nasty kid that rebelled and he left home and, and he had to find himself uh, somehow to, to, through a theological salvation process. But that's a lie. There's nothing 
wicked or sinful or anything. Yeshua never said that at all about the prodigal son. He never did anything wrong. No, not at all. The prodigal is not a wicked person. The prodigal son is not sinful or rebellious. The prodigal son is the one who was not satisfied any longer with the past or present. He was no longer satisfied with what was true at home, no longer satisfied with the ordinary. He wasn't lost. The reason we know that, he started at home, and he left, and he awakened, and he returned. He left home, and he, he was already connected to the, his family, and he left the ordinary behind and everything about that. And he departed into a far country, the, the scripture says. And again, I know the, the story of this because the church has changed the scripture so many times that I know for sure the Bible has never been any kind of a word of God kind of thing at all. It's made up by the church. They put together all the different uh, texts and writings that they liked, and they threw out the other ones and burned them. And you've heard me talk about that. But the prodigal son left the ordinary behind, and he went on a journey. It was a quest to know, a quest to know more. It was a quest to be more. Anyone here in this lifetime, you or someone else, if you decide you're going to depart from the ordinary and go on a quest to know more and to be more, I guarantee you, there will be people who think that you uh, just simply might have lost something. <laughs> well, tell them, sorry, but I am going to find out. I need to know the truth. I need to know who I am. I need to know more about what is beyond this three-dimensional reality that we call lifetime. There has to be more. There must be more. Oh, I remember in my own life so many times that came to me. The idea, the understanding that, wait a minute, I don't know enough. I don't know near enough. All I know is what I've been told. And then I started reading books, and I read books and books and more books. I would say in the last 20-some years, I've read several hundred books. And not everything that an author writes is true, but so many times authors write things that are true. And we take what's true. Sometimes we don't understand something, we don't think it's true, so we push it aside. That's okay. Choose what is true for you in that moment. You'll come back to the same book later, as I've done many times, and I say, oh my goodness, now I know. Now I know that that author was telling me something. It wasn't untrue, it was simply something that I didn't understand. And that's the way it is. Depending where we are on our pathway, one book will make sense, another one won't. But next year, that other book will begin to make sense. So there must be more. And I will know what that is, was my choice. And I remember that back in, gee, 1996, I think, 20-some uh, years ago. I read a book from Deepak Chopra. And he said, the day comes when the warrior will lay down his sword and he will live in peace. I thought, wow, I've been battling so many things for so long. That sounds good to me, but it still took me quite a few years before I understood the truth of that, was able to live that, lay down my sword, and live in the truth, and keep learning and keep learning. So the prodigal son 
what did he do? Well, he was framed into being sort of a greedy person, but it wasn't greed at all. He said to his father one day, I, I want my inherit, my share of my inheritance, and I'm going to leave. And he took it, took it all with him. He took all of himself with himself. And that's the key. When we depart, we don't leave any of our own self behind. I've said to people many times, oh, you're going on vacation, huh? Well, don't remember, or don't forget, you have to take yourself with you. And sometimes the look on people's faces were mm, rather interesting. Yes, we have to take ourself, all of ourself, everywhere we go. So the story continues. And he was uh, Yeshua's example of the hero, the prodigal son. Yes, the hero. He went to a foreign land. It wasn't foreign. It was an unknown place. It wasn't a geographical place. It was within his own self. What he might have experienced, who knows? Because it's a story, and we get to fit ourselves into this story. So he went to another place, and it says there that he attached himself to someone and began to work for that person. And had that, or that happened for quite a while, and then something else happened. He spent everything he had. He was broke. He had let go of all that he had taken with him. And that spent all is something very important because we will come to the place in our own journey where that having spent everything will be our experience. But what does it mean? It means that we have let go of all of our attachments to the things that are temporary. That is so powerful. It had nothing to do with spending all his money and now he was broke and didn't know what to do. He was not one that wasted everything. This was a young man, a hero, a he or she that let go of all the attachments to what no longer satisfied. It says something about living in so, sort of a riotous living or something like that. But what else is there? The place where we have uh, left our uh, past and we still don't know who we are, and we still don't know what's coming, yeah, of course, it, it feels like a riotous, chaotic sort of a time. That's very true. There, there comes a time in the, in the departure and, and the awakening. We don't really know who we are, and that's why we're there, to find out. So, confusion, fear, uncertainty, or the unknown, all of the above. This is what we step into as we depart and begin to awaken. Remember again what J Joseph Campbell said, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you see. And when we enter that cave, that unknown, that time where we don't know who we are, it's time to go within, to journey deeper within, and to begin to listen to the voices that we find there. The divine within, our intuition, can speak to us every day. It's taken me quite a while to develop an intuition for so many times. I know what's going to happen in different situations. I see it, and I know it. Well, we have to test our intuition. We have to check it out, and we find out, hmm, why did I think it was true? Why did I not? And we keep learning and growing and deepening our ability to hear deep inside what the truth is. Then the prodigal son awakened. He said, I must return. Oh my, there it is. I must return home. But he wasn't returning to the past. 
None of us do. Once we depart and we begin to awaken and we find out more and more of who we truly are and that we're here for a purpose, and that'll be next week's show, Unfolding Purpose. But when we find out that we're far more beautiful than we've ever known, we have to understand that we must return to tell the good news to other people. And that good news has nothing to do with how bad you are or were. It has nothing to do with anything like that. But it's a return to the truth of our own essence. We return to living, to living in the energies of the divine within. We return to knowing who we are. We return to stepping into a far more beautiful reason for why we've come to the planet than we've ever known before. Said he returned to his father. No, it wasn't a masculine at all. The masculine and the feminine were both there in the story. He returned to the truth. Yes, and the truth is not masculine. His intuition was awakening. And I say what we learn from the Aramaic, if we learn anything at all, that to step into the deepest awareness of the truth is to step into the feminine energies of the divine. The feminine knows. Men, we have to wake up. The feminine knows. We have to understand that there's a feminine side to ourselves that we must access, we must embrace, we must learn to live from. And those energies of the feminine, the healing, nurturing, loving, caring, the compassion, the including, all of those issues are feminine energies. Men, we can do it. And we need to learn how to do it. Embody it. Become it. Be a person that's healing. Be a person that's loving. Be the example of compassion. Be the one who includes others instead of pushing away. We can do that, gentlemen. We can. And we need the feminine far more than we've ever realized. Remember, weak men must become as strong as the women they fear. It's time for a break. I'll be right back with you on the other side of two minutes. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Liberating Jesus from Christianity, Healing from the Fear and Shame of Religious Dogma, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are a part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Liberating Jesus from Christianity. Available right now on Amazon.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America.
You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. And what I'd like to share with you again is that George Lucas, when he wrote all the Star Wars adventures, he based them all on Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces. And the feminine was very powerful. George Lucas said at one point, just a couple of years ago, that he felt he had missed something, that he had missed some part of Joseph Campbell's message. And he came to understand that what he had missed was the power of the feminine. And if you haven't seen the last Star Wars movie, the one that just came out a few weeks ago, I encourage you to go see it. I was blown away. It was the very best one yet in the whole series. The feminine, the one who is awakening. You can go to my website. In fact, I have a new one now. It's called meetjimstacy.com. Right on the first page, you'll find one of the smaller books. It's there for a download. It's called Letting Go of All Illusions. It is the, a text that talks about the power of the feminine and how to let go of guilt, shame, and remorse, and how to step into embodying feminine energies. So, George Lucas wrote this latest movie. I was, as I said, blown away. George Harrison came back. The original Leia came back. The original uh, Hans, or, or that was <laughs> Harrison, I'm sorry, but the, the original Luke Skywalker was there. Older, of course. But what happened was so powerful. I don't want to spoil the whole thing for you, but they had a battle. They had a, 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 an absolute urgent need to destroy the Death Star. They had to know where Luke Skywalker was, and there was a puzzle that was woven throughout the movie as to where that answer was. And later in the movie, they found it. But this heroine, this young woman, this, young, this girl, became the most powerful person in the whole movie. And that last scene just blew me away as they found out where Luke Skywalker was in a distant planet far away as the, only, the, the last remaining person of the Jedi, the last living one. And she got into a spaceship and took off with the stars flying as they always did. And she found Luke Skywalker on that distant planet. And what she offered him, and I won't tell you what it was, it's powerful. I know the next movie is going to be Luke Skywalker returning in power as never before. So it's, it's amazing how all these things tie together. But the prodigal son, just like Luke Skywalker, came to the day where he returned. He returned to a great celebration. His father said, my son was dead, but now he's alive. The older brother, who had not left yet, was jealous. And I'll tell you, when we return, there's always going to be those that say, wait a minute, how come that person's getting all of the, the credit here and, and I'm not? Oh, well, maybe it's because you haven't left the ordinary behind yet. Something to consider. And as the hero finds, as he returns, he finds that there are many who are still asleep. The hero finds that there are many who have, had, have not yet had the courage to depart. His purpose? No information is given to us in the text about that in the English because that was left out by the church who didn't understand 
what was happening here on the hero's journey. But in the Aramaic, it reveals what the prodigal son found as he returned. He found his empowerment to share with all others the beauty of not just living, but the beauty of being fully alive. And my friends, if there's anything that we need to experience here on our human journey, we need to experience the power of being fully alive. And as I shared with you the last time, I lost my, the woman I loved and the woman that loved me. And all I know is today, though I'm alone again, I'm moving to Arizona in two days. And I'm going to continue my journey and my work there in the beautiful place in, in the Arizona highland grassland desert. And I'm going to continue to speak and to write and to be. Someone will show up for me, I know, because I want and I need the feminine in my life. I need someone to share with, to laugh with, to love and to play, to have interesting discussions and learning together. I want someone I can learn from, not just have what, you know, what I have to share, a woman who is wise, a woman who is a complete human being. So one of these days, she'll show up. Let's go back to the journey deep within. Because in all of our experience, we have to learn to live beyond smallness, beyond the false tales of religion, beyond the dogma that tells us we're bad and not good enough, beyond the voices that say you should do this or you should not do that. And that's always the voice of some silly religion. And whose rules are those? It's the rules of those who have to be in control because they're so small, they can't live without controlling others. But we can discover what Joseph Campbell meant when he said, follow your bliss. I didn't understand that at first when I read that years ago. But what he said many times and meant is when you become fully alive, living in what is really important to you, sharing what's important to you, acting on what's important to you, expressing that creativity in whatever way that is. When you understand that you are contributing to the beauty and the power of other lives, other people's lives, you will be finding your bliss. To this, we must give ourselves. To live this, we have to embody the courage to leave home, to explore, to go deep within and to find out who we truly are. What is required of us to sail the high seas? What is required of us to climb the highest mountain? What is required to walk on the moon of previously defined impossibilities? What is the moon that you have never walked on? What is that for you? It's not the real moon up in the sky, of course, but it's that unknown place, that place you've always seen the place you've always wondered about, just like we see the moon and have for you know, all, all of history of the human race. What is that? What's it like? And finally one day, we had some people go there. Well, what is your moon? We can boldly walk through the valley of the darkest shadow of the unknown when we hold within ourselves that, that we know everything is possible. I will go there. I will become. I will become more 
than ever. I will find my most beautiful self. We will never know the unknown treasures if we stop short of the exploration. So let me ask you this. Is fear a big enough entity to defeat you? Remember, Joseph Campbell said, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. But fear is the only power that can stop anyone from the vast treasures of knowing and becoming this, the expression of the divine within them. Fear. And what fear would that be? You know. Start making a list. I challenge you. Make a list of what you have feared, of what scares you, of what you're not certain of, what you don't want to do. But it's in the very act of pushing fear aside that we will experience the doors of possibility before only dreamed of, now opening right in front of you. Challenge the fear, my friends. Step up to fear, look it in the eyes and say, I dare you to give me the gift that you're here for. I dare you, fear. Come on, bring it on. Show me how tough you are, and I will walk right through you. My friends, in my past experience this, this winter of losing Marie, I have gained so much, and that's one of the things I've gained even more, to step into the face of fear and say, no, you don't. I step into the unknown alone. I choose to learn and to grow. I choose to be and become. Fear, you have no power over me. And it's the hero who says, she says, he says, fear be gone. I will know all about what you are hiding. Joseph Campbell said, and I quote, opportunity to find deeper powers within ourselves come when life seems most challenging, end of quote. Oh my goodness, is he ever right? Would I have chosen to go through this last winter of finding out that I was going to lose the one I loved? Oh my. No, I wouldn't have chosen that, knowing ahead of time. And yet, when I chose to step into the unknown, I made that conscious choice. And I did. And I passed the test. I know it. Lots of tears, yes. Lots of grief. Lots of feeling the loss, yes. But now... I'm more than ever able to say that fear will run from you like the dragon in the dream who only appears powerful in the fierce bluffing that only fear can do. Fear is a bluff. It's never anything more than that. As you step into what others tell you that you can't do, their voices become silent in the awe of watching you do it. I've had that happen. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. Yes, we can. The hero is the one who has stopped fighting her own self, his own self. For just beyond your can't, your I can't, is your I can. I can and I will. So, look out world, here I come. We're going to take a break right here, just a bit early, but a good time to break in the notes for today, so I'll be right back with you in a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Liberating Jesus from Christianity, Healing from the Fear and Shame of Religious Dogma, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are a part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the word hell or sin liberating jesus from christianity available right now on amazon.com have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So let's get back to our story of what Yeshua or Jesus really lived and taught in the Eastern traditions that both understood myth and symbolism. When he said, the kingdom of heaven is within you, he was using a form of speech. The kingdom represented something very real, but not literal. Not literal in the sense of a a whole kingdom out there, but you cannot have a, a kingdom without the presence of a king. You cannot have a queendom without the presence of a queen. And that's what he was speaking about when he said, enter the kingdom. And that was the whole of his teaching. Who's going to enter this kingdom or queendom, with it is in Aramaic, the Malkutah? Who's going to enter? Who's going to have a difficult time entering? And who is not going to be able to because they keep themselves out? This all appeared many times in his teaching. But having the kingdom within is not some ticket to heaven. No way. It has nothing to do with that. The kingdom is about now, not some fabricated future. Since you cannot have a kingdom without that presence of a king, what Yeshua was declaring was that the divine itself is within you, the male and female fullness of the divine. And it's our challenge to learn that, to understand it more deeply, to grow in that awareness, and to become more and more and more, to make life more beautiful than it's ever been, and to step into that, and to know that what we're here to learn It's not just for this lifetime. It isn't. It's also for the realms to come. When we take back with us to where we've come from, where we were as complete oneness with the divine itself, we take back the lessons we've learned. 
and we take back the gifts we've, we've gained, and we will have an eternal purpose, not just one here on this planet for just a few years. But there's more. We must enter this kingdom if we're to understand what he came to teach and demonstrate by what he embodied. No one can truly follow what Yeshua taught without entering this kingdom. And I've asked many preachers, and I have to admit I've had fun doing it, but, but I've asked about the kingdom, what it is. Not one of them has been able to answer. I said, well, where is it? Not one of them has been able to answer. Then I tell them what their own Bible says. And then I say, well, who was he talking to when he said that? Not one of them has ever been able to answer. And then the, when he said that it was within, then I asked the clincher, how do you enter what's already within you? My friends, that is the classic question, and that's what I'm here to share. I've been working on learning that. So how do we do it? Yeshua's language, his native tongue, the Aramaic, reveals a deep and penetrating insight into this kingdom, queendom within. Remember that this is the I can empowerment of the divine within. In the Aramaic, it's like saying the, the I can is within me. No more weakness, no more excuse. This is the personal experience of being, being fully alive, not just stuffing some beliefs in our head. And this was his clarion call to the hero, as seen in The Prodigal Son, as seen in the books that I've written, as seen in Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces, and by following the example given by the way we live, not by what we stuff in our head. It was Yeshua who said that religion and self-righteousness is what will keep people from entering this kingdom. He said, unless what you are exceeds what the, the scribes and Pharisees thought they were, unless you become better than what they have bragged about being, it's, it's not going to happen. He said, woe to you, Pharisees, you hypocrites, because you shut off from people the kingdom, and you're not entering it yourself, but yourself, nor are you allowing others to enter. It was in the Gospel of Thomas, the one that the one of those that the church threw out. He said, "You are like dogs in a manger. You are not eating the hay, and you are preventing others from eating." He said that the lack of spiritual practice is what will prevent one from entering the kingdom. What is spiritual practice? It's not some churchy thing. To be loving. To be love and the embodiment of love is a spiritual practice. To embody kindness and to be that is a spiritual practice. To embody including others instead of pushing them away is a spiritual practice. To embody compassion and to, to be speaking healing words instead of the other way around. Those are all spiritual practices. To be loving and kind and gentle and to, to create peace all of those are spiritual practices, most of which the church knows nothing about because they'd rather sit in a pew. And it's called a pew for a reason, I've told many people, <laughs> because dogma doesn't smell very good. Anyway, I'll go on from that today. But there are so many things that Yeshua said. As he said in one of the plays, those who call him Lord, not everybody that says that is going to enter. No. Just saying something with your mouth doesn't do it. 
He others said in other places that unless we become like little children, little children know who they are. Little children embody the spiritual practices. They love each other. They, they laugh and play and sing. Little children be, become like little children is what he said we must do or we can't enter. Another place he said it's hard to enter because of the ego. He said the rich will make it will find it very unlikely that they will enter because they won't let go of what seems to be so important. Woe to those, those who are both religious and rich. To be rich is not the problem, not at all. He never condemned that. But he said that if our attachment to riches is greater than our desire to enter the kingdom and be loving and kind and nurturing and caring, then we have a problem, Houston. We will not enter until we get our priorities straight, until one's embracing the kingdom is greater than our attachment to things. We just simply won't enter it. So, Yeshua said it's not enough to be born of water, a physical birth, but we have to be born of some, some other way. He said we must give birth to our own new self, and that self-birthing is required of all of us. I've talked about that in past shows, but how do we enter what's already within? The symbol of the hero is I can, and I will. I will find out how to. I will practice the truth, and I will be a loving human being. Yeshua is the living image of the hero myth that we are exploring right here. We can only enter it when we vibrate with the same energy of that kingdom. That is, when we choose to be examples of what the kingdom's all about. Just like little babies, he said, being suckled, we learn that we to, we, to receive from the divine with wide open souls is to open ourselves to the inner healing, to the inner truth of who we are and how beautiful we can be. We must also assume the attitude of non-judgment and of wholeness, where we understand that all is one. If we need anything at all today in this world, we need to understand that all is one. I see these crazy politicians talking about taking health care away from people, and yet Jesus said, Yeshua said in his Good Samaritan story that giving, providing, and paying for health care for other people was part of loving our neighbors. And yet we have Christians jumping up and down and screaming and hollering, socialism, socialism. It's because they're drunk on capitalism, on predatory capitalism. I say to all of us, until we include everybody else, until we know that everyone else deserves what we have, that all children deserve to be cared for, that everyone deserves to have food to eat, until we are about that, until we are living in a community a sense of community where everyone is taking upon themselves the responsibility to make sure that no one does without. Until we get there, we have much to learn. Other politicians want to take Social Security away from those who have earned it. Well, it's because they have enough, plenty of money themselves and they want to keep stealing the money from Social Security funds and keep taking it for themselves. I'm not deceived by that. And I'm saying to all the politicians today that are screaming selfishness, it's time to wake up. Until we are all one, we will not understand. The first step to entering the kingdom 
is a real connection to the divine on the inside where we continuously choose to live in harmony with all that's consistent with that energy. This is what the hero learned. Those who claim to have a personal relationship with some god or some lord are only kidding themselves if they're not actually doing and living if they haven't become yet what he required. It's the Christians in my book that are the lost ones. This is just another projection of theirs. The differences are this, a relationship where I, in practice, of the commandments, when I live them instead of just believing. It's an understanding that I have work to do rather than it's all done for me. It's an attitude in which I know that we're all together rather than I'm in and you're not. It's a matter of choosing to do what's difficult rather than just what's easy. As I give birth to a new self, I recognize that we're all on the path back to divine presence. I know that I'm responsible to birth myself anew, to live my life in divine connection instead of dying in my ego's dreams, and as the hero does to embody the teacher's words rather than those of men. Divine connection requires an attitude of universal acceptance of others that's inclusive, interrelated, rather than living in a subculture of exclusivity and separation. The second step is that of surrender. Surrender does not mean giving up. Surrender is not being defeated. Rather, it's exactly the opposite. It's the ego that must surrender to spirit. Surrender is cooperation with divine purpose. Surrender is a reprogramming from I must have it of the ego and learning how to incorporate I can do this work of the hero and I will be here for others. Surrender is advance, not retreat or defeat. Surrender doesn't remove obstacles I'm facing. No, surrender takes me into stepping into the unknown, surrendering to learning more, surrendering to becoming more. Only as I learn to step into my shadow parts and learn from them can I dissolve the power they've held over me. This kind of surrender brings in the power of the divine itself to help me step into new qualities of being and incorporate the lessons learned. This is how I can grow into the consciousness of a spiritual path practice. Surrender is the hero opening his or her life to truths yet unknown, to possibilities yet not realized, to depths not yet sounded, to paths not yet traveled, and to doorways that have not yet been entered. I'll be right back with you after this break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. 
Jim Stacy's first book, Liberating Jesus from Christianity, Healing from the Fear and Shame of Religious Dogma, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are a part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Liberating Jesus from Christianity. Available right now on Amazon.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So again, the first step is entering into to, to enter this kingdom within is to discover and to experience a real connection to the divine itself. The second, that of surrender. The third step is about choices. I am right now what I've already chosen to be. You are, right now, what you've already chosen to be. What will you choose for tomorrow? What will you choose for next year? What will you choose in the next minute? What will you choose? I will become what I choose to be today and tomorrow and beyond. Choosing to enter this kingdom is also understanding that I am of the same essence as the divine. I enter as I participate in the ongoing flow of life, open myself continually to join with and cooperate with the divine in serving others, open myself to be permeated with the energies of the spiritual practices I've already talked about, to become more and more an expression of love on the planet, to align myself with the practice of loving the divine, my neighbors, myself, and my enemies. I must remember I only have enemies if I've chosen to label someone as that, if I refuse to label them, I have no enemies. As I learn to turn the other cheek, it's not the getting hit again. It's to return kindness to someone's hurt that has hurt me. It's to become a co-creator of nurturing and loving community with those that are serious about birthing a new self continuously. I know I'm on a much deeper path than I've ever known. The hero has returned. Is what he says. It's the death of his ego, the ego's control, rather, that must happen. No, the ego is not to be slain. It never will. But to slay the control of the ego, that is the key. I must remember that it's not death of the ego that's the goal. I must keep that in my mind. The ego is valuable, always valuable. When I allow it to remind me of how I used to act, before I begin to make choices from higher consciousness. As the ego shows up, it always provides me with a contrast, something I can choose between, something that may be what was and what is, or what can be. To ascend, we normally think of going up, but not so on the hero's journey. To ascend, we must go deep within. And where the work is required, that's it right there. 
It's done in the depths. So the ascent and return can happen with integrity until we embody and what we think we've learned, we will not pass the test. Until our walk and our talk match, then we will not have ascended as far as we can. The hero is, has learned to see her or his own self in all the external images that before only inspired projections of their own shadow onto others. The hero doesn't do that any longer. The one who doesn't project the, uh, those images, the one who has learned to, to understand that the, the mirror is about myself, until I understand and deal with the mirror, I will never ascend or awaken. The tragedy of stillbirth, the stillbirth of theology as I call it, does not have to be your spiritual experience. Dead beliefs cannot birth anything that ha and put life into it. You have the power of choice to walk a different path. For you out there who have struggled with religion, you know that it's put you down. You know that it's harmed you. You know that it has put you in a small place and told you that you better be quiet and obey and, and follow and blah, blah, blah. The church has never told you about your most beautiful self. The church has never given you anything but more dogma to live by. So, how will we and when will we allow the deeper truth to affect our lives? How and when will we allow the deeper truth to affect change within? It takes great courage, sometimes difficult choices, to enter that kingdom or queendom. How are you vibrating today? And my book that is now out, the one that I changed the title of, it's now called Liberating Jesus from Christianity. That is what I talk about. That's what I write about. How to let go of all the old patterns that never served us and how to claim the new. And when he said, unless you become as little children, you will not enter this kingdom or queendom, that posed a great problem for the unconscious mind. Yet, little children are full of divine potential, the potential they came here with. They haven't lost it, as many adults have. Children, he said, we must become like them if we are to be full of the divine itself and, and connect with that. The children are the ones whose boundaries have not yet been violated by control-focused men who live in fear. So, in the closing few minutes, what are the parts of our divinity that await our claiming and manifesting or living? Here's a few to consider. The power to choose. The power to choose for ourselves is perhaps one of the most, if not the most powerful thing that a human being can do, to choose. And we get to choose whether we follow the ego or whether we follow our sacred self. We also have the power to be. Once we choose, we have the power to be. And how do we learn to be? How does a, a skilled downhill skier learn to do that? Well, they did by slipping and falling, hitting a tree or two, and slipping and falling again. The slippery slope is there for all of us. But the church has warned us for many years, don't do it. You, you do not dare do it, think for yourself, because that's the slippery slope to destruction. Sorry, Charlie, 
but it's just the opposite. The slippery slope is where I learn from my own choices, and I grow, and I become. Then there's the power to grow, to grow into deeper connection with that divine itself. And you'll find on the first page of my website, so a couple of downloads, how to experience the divine within. What is the quest for spiritual identity? Then there's another very powerful expression of the divine within, and that is the power of creativity. Whatever it is that you can create, whether it's in art or building or planting or in music or writing or carving or sewing or thousands and thousands of other creative endeavors, my friends, if you get nothing else right now, get this. Every time you create something that is the divine within you, expressing itself. Your creativity is one of the most beautiful expressions of the divine within you that you will ever know. Then there's the experience of adventure, to embrace the unknown and to learn from it. The adventure of stepping into the unknown and saying, okay, every day is unknown, but now in this situation that I'm in, I will step into it. I will learn. I will grow and I will become, we can do that. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, Nelson Mandela said. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, to be gorgeous, to be talented and fabulous? Actually, it's not who you, uh, not who, who you not, excuse me, actually, who you are not to be is not the question. You are a child of the universe. You are the divine itself. Your playing small does not serve the world. So, how will you, as the hero, let your light shine from this day forward? How will you, my friends, choose to be creative, to be powerful, to be all that you can be? To the departure, the awakening, and the return as a transformed conscious human being in that becomes where that is where we find the treasure that we can become that's all for today i'll catch up with you next week thank you for being here thank you for tuning into the program today please join jim stacy for another edition of beyond religion Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.